Hey friend, welcome back for part two of the Living Well series that we're going through this month of June as we get into our homeschool school break, basically. If you missed part one, I want you to hop back one episode. You can stop right now and go back and then listen to this one. They kind of build on each other, but they can be independent as well. It's fine. So today, though, we're going to dive into the juicy topic of marriage. I promise to keep it rated G because I know that some of you have kiddos listening, but I'm excited. There are a couple other marriage episodes I know out there. If you are in the Facebook group, and if you're not, then you need to join the Facebook group. But in the Facebook group under the guides section is a catalog. And in that catalog, you can just hit, oh, if you have like a Windows uh, computer, just hit control F and you can search for a word. You can, there's actually even a marriage category, but if you want some other episodes that have to do with marriage, you just type in marriage, whatever it is. So go ahead and join that group. There is a link in the show notes, but without further ado, let's jump into the topic of marriage and living and working at it well. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. This series right now is based upon the verse Colossians 3.23. In the last episode, I read three different versions of it. I'm going to quick kind of combine them and kind of give you maybe the main one I'm going to go with here, but it's uh, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, work willingly at whatever you do and whatever you do, work heartily. And I feel like that's the command part of the verse. And then it's followed up with as working for the Lord, not for human masters, or as if you're working for the Lord rather than for people and as for the Lord and not for men. And that's a little bit more of a reason. And I think I kind of like the ESV. It's just short and sweet and simple. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And even though in our culture, we don't really use the word heartily anymore. I feel like we all know like heart. It's it's a version of, yeah, we have a suffix on there, but it's coming from the heart. We're doing this from a deep place. It's not just an external, I'm working at this, doing it well in quotes, because I'm looking for some type of recognition for it. We're working heartily. We're doing it with all of our heart. We're doing it whatever we do. And we're doing it as if we are working for the Lord. We're not focused on the praise or the applause or the thanks or even any recognition from anybody else. We are focused on doing this task, whatever it is. And today we're going to dive into the realm of marriage and doing marriage well, working at it with all of our hearts, because a good marriage comes from work. It doesn't come from not working. (laughs) So I want to kind of tell you a little bit about, I mean, our marriage story is we're, we're going to, let's start with, um, the fact that only by the grace of God, are we where we are right now? Uh, married 21 years. And again, only by the grace of God, it there's, I, I look back and we've said to each other, 
if it was not for the Lord, we would not be still married at this point. And not that there was some crazy things, but it just, we were just two people who were very in love, (laughs) who got married, but didn't have a lot of depth or understanding of that. So when we, you know, so so we're going to dive here talking about working Harley in, um, in our early marriage. And we didn't, we didn't, I didn't work Harley in our early marriage and James wasn't familiar with a Christian marriage. He was a new believer when we got married. So it wasn't something that was modeled to him. He's also a first generation American. And as immigrants, you know, coming into new country and the culture and basically, you know, seven kids and trying to make a living and make things work, learning a language. So that was a little bit, um, it took a lot of emphasis, you know, for his parents. And when we got married, I was, um, Okay. I was very selfish (laughs) and I took advantage of him and just his, he's a middle child, middle of seven and just his kind disposition and his generosity and also just his laid back personality, (laughs) which I didn't really quite have. And I found out the hard way that me as the wife, I could only carry our marriage so far. And I broke down eventually, and I had to ask him how to lead. And again, being a middle child, immigrant family, and just his personality, Christian marriage, all of that was very new, and he didn't know how to lead. He didn't know how to pour into our marriage well, how to work heartily at it, how to work with all of our hearts at it. And my personality just didn't naturally go towards that. And looking back, I know that that's what God needed to do to me. He needed me to try to do it on my own strength, on my own will and perseverance. And he needed me to break down. I had to be broken down. And that's kind of my personality overall. I don't know if you can relate to that as well. Just the type of person I just, I hit the wall and I'm just, you know, as the older I get, I'm like, okay, let's not run into the wall. Let's calm down a little bit here. We don't need to do all of this. We don't need to shoulder everything on our own. But I had to get to a place of brokenness in order for God to um, redeem that. And I'm like feeling myself maybe getting a little teary-eyed because truly it's, it's because of him. And our willingness to recognize our brokenness and as, as individual, as people, as sinful people, but also where we were lacking in our marriage. And then just to open our hands and say, okay, God, like we need help here with this. We aren't working well together and we, we still loved each other. We were still committed to it, but I didn't want to get to a point where we're launching our kids and our kids are out in the world. And we're like, Oh, Hey, how about how you, how are you doing? I didn't want us to have to get to know each other again at that season and stage in life. I wanted us to be solid. And I know that he did too. I wanted us to have weathered through, gone through all of these different seasons of life with children and to be stronger for it and not separated further from each other. And so today, right now, I want to talk a bit about working heartily for marriage. And I just have, I mean, there's so much, I could probably talk for hours about marriage, but we're just going to do we're, we're like maybe halfway here. Okay. We're not going to, we're not going to talk for hours, but I just want to give you a couple of key points that will help keep you and myself focused on 
working heartily and working with all of our heart and working willingly at our marriage. So the first one here is that he needs to be the number one person relationship. So the number one relationship of the person. We have God, yes, that's first. But right below that is is husband. So you could say number two. So in context, overall, number two. But when it comes to people, we're looking at our husband, we're looking at our children. Our husband needs to be number one. That does not mean if you have a baby that's crying and throwing up, you're saying, oh, honey, uh, what do you need from me? <laughs> He's going to understand. And that's the two of you working together. And oh my goodness, the bonding over sick kids and the bonding over the temper tantrums and the bonding over the, um, I lost a kid <laughs> at the moment, there was not any bonding, but he needs to be number one after God. He needs to be your number one relationship. And that's very hard in seasons with, with children, which we're all in right now, no matter the age we can, as moms, we take on all everything for each one of our children. We take on all of the emotions, all of the stress, all of the highs and the lows that each of our children have. And we take that on ourselves and we're like, okay, husband, you're on your own. And not that we need to take all of those on our own, but we should help carry those with him. At the very least, listen to him talk those through because most men I might, you might be shocked, aren't huge talkers. Maybe you're married to a huge talker. Maybe you're not a big talker. Usually it's opposites attract. Isn't that kind of fun and a lot of different things? But just even listening to him talk through things from work, no matter how boring it might sound, just being a sounding board, just listening. And then he feels like, okay, I've gotten that off my chest. I can, I can move on. But just letting him know that he is number one and in seasons when you have little kids, it might be something small, like getting the kids to bed. And instead of going off to your separate directions, you sit down with him and you talk to him for about 15 minutes or so. And then maybe you go and get ready for bed and read your book and go to bed. But just taking that time, letting him know that, you know what? Yeah, I still have the kitchen to clean or I have uh, some things that I would like to do. I'd like to check social media or something, but just letting him know, just sitting down and listening to him. And maybe that 15 minutes will last longer. This is a time for the two of you to be able to reconnect, especially at the end of a day when it's busy in the season of having children and letting him know that he's number one. It looks different when you have little kids than when you have older children. An example could be you have little children and you're just overwhelmed and he's the one that you go to. He's the shoulder that you cry on. He's the one that you let know your struggles from the day, as opposed to calling your girlfriend. That could be a way of letting him even know. It sounds kind of a little bit silly, but just letting him know you are the person, you you are my person that I'm going to come running to. And when kids are older, I'm in this season now, I'm like, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm like, hey, do you want to go for a walk with me? I know those of you with little kids, like, wait a minute, you're going for a walk. Are kids going with you? Actually, no, it's something to look forward to. When you can leave them home alone and sometimes they're not home because they've all run off in different directions, but just know it's going to look different in different seasons of different ages with kids and recognize that this needs to be the most important relationship. So do things together. I don't know if it's an old saying or I feel like it's noticeable when you look at older couples and I'm talking like grandparent, great grandparent age. And when you look at them, don't they look alike? And I think that's maybe they aren't always physically looking alike. I feel like some of them do, 
but there's like a saying that like, as you grow older together, you kind of start to look alike. And <laughs> if you've seen a picture of my husband and I, we joke about, I don't think we're ever going to look alike because yeah, you can look up a picture. <laughs> okay. He's Vietnamese. Like I, <laughs> we're not going to end up looking alike, but I think the point of it is, I think that why people say that is because these older couples They've done things together for so many years that you get used to. You see um, Ethel over there. I'm trying to think of a, Ethel and uh, what's an old man's name? I don't know. Um, Bert. I don't know. Ethel and Bert. <laughs> but you, you're you used to seeing Ethel. You're used to seeing Bert. And you see, you see Bert. Oh, there's Ethel. You know, I think that we end up kind of looking alike because our relationship becomes one. We become like a one person, like I, I, just, I think it's beautiful though. Okay. Next one kind of leads into that is that I want you to remember and work heartily. And I want you to stay focused on the fact that as a husband and wife, you are a team and guess what? This is not even a competition. So there's a team with no competition. You're not competing against each other. You're not competing against another couple work together work together on your finances. Wah, wah, wah. I know I just said that home projects. What are your goals? Sit down sometime and talk about like, what do we, what are our goals? What are even our, <laughs> you want to combine goals and finances? You can do that too. But what are our financial goals? What do we, what, what kind of parenting do we want? What are our ideas on parenting? Doesn't mean that those are always going to happen, come to fruition. You adjust but work together on all the little things. Get on the same page. No matter, are you ready? No matter how hard and how humbling it is, your husband is for you. You are a team. He isn't, I'm speaking to myself right now. He is not holding you back from money, from more money. He is focused on what your financial goals are. And maybe he knows that he has to keep you on a tighter budget, or you're going to move away from those goals that he knows in your, let's say in not in moments of a shopping passion. <laughs> oh, I've got to have those shoes. You know, he knows that when you the two of you sat down and really looked at the numbers and looked at, you know, what are your goals? And how do you want to finance and steward? Well, he knows that you have that that's really who you truly are, not the not the woman at the shoe store who just has to have these new shoes. If you're a shoe person, please don't be offended. But just understand that we need to work together. We need to get on the same page. And sometimes it's hard. And I know I talk about finances because that's something that is that is hard for me. And it has been. It's getting way easier. Not way. Okay. It it's getting easier because there was some hardness there. <laughs> Again, it goes back to, I think I talked in the previous episode about gaining patience and God teaching me patience through many circumstances that caused me to grow in patience. Same thing when it comes to finances. So we need to realize that we are a team. He's not against you. And you can replace the word finances with anything. He's not against you. He is for you. He is for you. And you need to remember that you are for him as well. So the third thing I want to just touch on here is... I want you to ask him what his needs are in certain areas. Ask him, what does he need or want from you emotionally? Some men want to every day be able to tell somebody for 15, 20 minutes about their day. Other men are like, 
just when I, you know, say like, yeah, I want to talk about, talk about this and I'm going to talk about it for one minute and I never want to talk about it again. <laughs> Ask him, what is, you know, what, what does he want and need from you emotionally so that you can meet those needs? Also ask him, what does he need in the area of spirituality? How can the two of you grow together in your faith in God? And how can you come alongside that? Maybe he says, you know, I really think I need like a, a men's, a, a guy's Bible study. Can, can we work that into, into the schedule, into the weekly schedule? I want to get together with these guys, whether it's early in the morning or it's in the evening. And you say, yes, that is something that he is telling me that he needs. Let's also ask, what are your needs and wants when it comes to the physical aspect? And we're, again, we're going to keep it ready to G so you can ask him. I, I don't want you to avoid the subject though. And I don't want to avoid the subject either. But just ask him those areas. Well, there's just a couple areas, lots of areas, but emotional, spiritual, spiritual, and physical. Great thing you can do, Mama, is figure out his love language. Have you ever heard of the book, The Five Love Languages? If you have not, I want you to head on over to your favorite place to buy books. And I want you to pick up that book, The Five Love Languages. I believe it's Gary Chapman, Chapman, C-H-A-P-M-A-N. But it's a fantastic book. You basically read through what the different five love languages are. I'm pretty sure there's a quiz in there, or at least just by kind of going through it, you can kind of figure out what your love language is. So some examples are physical touch, acts of service, um, gifts. There's two more. Uh, I'm drawing a blank here right now. But it's a really, it's a really neat and interesting book. There's one for teenagers and there's one for children as well. If you read the uh, one for couples and you're like, ooh, I wonder what my kids, because we all have these love languages. And when we find out what our husband's love language is, it's, it doesn't mean you don't do the other love languages, but it's easier. We can kind of focus, especially if you are in a season of life with young children and our days are all encompassing, but again, it doesn't really matter. So say your husband uh, acts of service is his love language. Well, while he is at work, do something that you know he would like to have done Maybe it is his gifts is his love language. Well, hey, we have this thing called the internet now and you don't have to pack all the kids up and run to a store. You can just order something and it can get delivered. You can wrap it up and later in the evening when the kids are all in bed, you can go ahead and give him that little something, whatever it is. But I encourage you to ask him, ask him what he needs and wants in various areas. And you don't have to ask like, okay, what do you need and want in this area, this area, and this area? Maybe just ask one, how can I meet your needs and your wants emotionally? What's something that I can do? And maybe I need to write them down so you don't forget, or maybe he just gives you one and just says, you know what? I just want you to greet me at the door when I come home, just to acknowledge that I'm, that I'm here, acknowledge my presence. Even if you've got a kid hanging off your one leg and you got another one on your hip and you got someone, you know, in the bathroom yelling about how they need your help there. But you stop for a moment, you come up and you look in me into the eye, look in my eyes and say, welcome home. That's just a little way of how we can recognize them as a person, as a man. And so ask him what those areas are, just even one thing and start with that. And when you start to feel comfortable with that and like, okay, I'm doing well, how can I add on? Don't stop doing that. Just how can I add on? Overall, I just want you to remember that to when it comes to our marriage, our marriage doesn't get stronger by ignoring it. Our marriages get stronger by working at it with all our heart, working willingly and working heartily. 
That's how our marriages get stronger. That's how we become those older couples that people look up to and you're like, wow, you know, they just work so well together. It's because there's been time. Yes, time (laughs) also adds to that, but they have worked at it. The marriages that you look up to, and I want to encourage you, if you, there are some marriages in your life that you look up to, ask them, ask them what it is that they have done, how they have gotten to that place in their lives, because you have that goal as well. And I think that as I think any couple would so appreciate that recognition that um, you noticing that and asking them and you would bless them as well. I hope that today's episode has blessed you. And so let's go over just those three main points that I made to work hardly in marriage. We need to remember that he needs to be number one after God, that you two are a team. And guess what? There's not even a competition. (laughs) And then I want you to ask him what his needs are in specific areas of his life and then seek to meet some of those needs. It is a growth thing. There is no way that if he gives you a list of 10 different needs he has that you're going to meet every single one immediately that next day. Start with just one. Work on doing that one well. Work at it with all your heart. And when that becomes a habit, a part of who you are and a part of your marriage, add the next one in. And next week, we are going to dive into two more different areas, um, roles that we have that we can work well and work hard at. If you have not joined the Facebook group, I want to tell you a little bit about what kind of goes on in there. So it's June, we're thinking about vacations, and one of the moms in the Facebook group asked about a trip, said, hey, my family has this trip planned, and these are the areas that we are going to, or at least the states we're going to. What are some things that we can do? And then uh, there were mom, mom after mom after mom gave some specific examples from locals saying, oh, you should go check out this. You should do this. If you're interested in this, it was really cool. So this trip destination that they have planned, and you can go ahead and look on the internet and find out some things. But if you get a chance to actually ask some local homeschool moms who kind of are living the same type of lifestyle as you are, they will be able to give you some specific examples. And I'm excited. I told that mom to make sure she comes back after the trip and post some pictures and let her know, let us know what they did. If you're not in that Facebook group, go ahead and check out the link in the show notes. This has been fun. I am excited. If you have seen some fruit um, from the, from this series here, this living well series, go ahead and leave a review and let me know how that has impacted you and impacted your life because I would just, because I'd like to know if I'm on the right track here, basically. That would be really nice to know and as well as be able to encourage one another and to let others know what they can gain from listening to this podcast. All right, friend, you have a good day and we'll see you back here on Monday. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.